everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. First of all, I want to give a shout out to our main sponsors, Rising Suns, the award-winning brewery in Cork. Be sure to call in and have a beer if you're in Cork. I am delighted to welcome Grace Stagg. I have Matt, Steve and Dara, lads. Pleasure to have you again. Yeah. Thanks, Richie. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Great. And Danielle, welcome, as usual, Thanks. to one of your favourite moments. Yeah. <laughs> the stag yeah. or in the house. <laughs> yeah. I was, deli- I was delighted when I got the message from you saying, are you up for the great stag interview? I was like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, lads, you thankfully gave myself and Danielle a heads up on the album. And do you want to start with it, Danielle? Just try and sum it into five words. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Impossible, um, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? I was... I was quite surprised with the album in a, in a positive way. Like yeah. I was expecting just nonstop theft and mm. I was pleasantly surprised that there was really nice, like nice interludes in there. Oh, there was, was a bit of, bre- bit of breathing and I thought it was, um, you really seen like the maturity from your previous records coming along. And I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant just to, to hear like the, the intro and the outro is really class. Um, I think they've got mature, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah look at that. And yeah. I'm going to... Not uh, individually, but as a band. Yeah. They've got mature. <laughs> not individually. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I'd like the comment on the intro, because I know in previous interviews, you've always said, Danielle, it's straight in, no kissing. But we yeah. did want quite a bit of foreplay in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, and, you know, it, it really added to it, you know, because I know before it was, I liked that as well, but sometimes it's nice to to kind of just gently, and then all of a sudden you're just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's no, nice. Fantastic, lads. Um, we'll get into it in detail later as we, we're going to do a track by track for those that are just after tuning in. But more importantly, it is out on the 17th of March which of course is Patrick's Day. Was that planned? It was kind of, yeah. We were thinking... Well, no, it wasn't really planned. We were more looking to book the gig tour. Um, and that kind of happened around the end of March. We're like, oh, we re- you need to re- kind of release on a Friday. You know, it's the standard release day. We're like, if we release it then, the people in Belfast won't have a chance to hear it. Okay. So we're like, oh, it's Paddy's Day then. Maybe we lean into it. And yeah, just everyone's going to be off anyway. This is a bit of great stag. Hmm. Yeah. And let's throw your mind back to the siege when we saw them there, Daniel, um, there was no one getting past us at the front there, in fairness. Yeah. Um, we did a good lot of body checking there, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Apologies. I was really on a, um, <laughs> at my peak at that stage with you. <laughs> um, yeah, Jesus, it was class. The heft was unreal. Yeah, unreal. It was, it was fantastic. Maybe, Dara, you could talk about the planning of the set list for that. Planning of the set list for the Siege one, uh, we wanted to go pretty heavy. I think the one before that, it was Elephantry, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And they're slightly more kind of melodic. So this one we really wanted to go kind of full force with. And how many album tracks were on the set list? Was it around three or four at least? Mm. It. Um, yeah, we played one I think that people would have heard before as well. Um, C's. Yeah. yeah. Four altogether would have been four from that, yeah. And then as well, we snuck in our first. Yeah, that was the first time we played the cover. We, oh, yeah. We were working on that. Yeah, working on Emerald for a while is a nice little siege tree. Oh my God, I forgot that. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. yes, that's right. Fuck's sake. I think that was that was the first gig where we really hit our flow with, uh, with, with Dara and the band. I think just from getting a few live gigs under our belts mm-hmm. where we've started to feel yeah. 
like you didn't have to look at each other. Like we we, we sort of felt it a lot yeah. tighter on stage. Oh, the third, third, fourth, third. Yeah, well, we had a we had a bunch on the cards yeah. that got cancelled, but yeah, unfortunately, that's right. Yeah, yeah. when yeah. was your debut gig actually, Dara? Was it in March? Cork, no? It was in Cork. It was March, yeah. early March, I think. Yeah. yeah, your second home. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it it definitely felt at the siege that you were like, you know, connected, and I think there was definitely a confidence in in New Dara. I could see it like from behind the kit. It was, it was radiating out anyway into the yeah. crowd. Um, yeah, well, we, so, we had so much practice, and yeah. it was only the third gig, which is kind of crazy because we were practicing for around a year before that. Yeah. Before you yeah. paid off anyway. Your last gig now was the fundraiser, was it, Dara, for your dad? Yes, yes, it was. Uh, okay, the, and how did that go? Um, yeah, and no, it was really good. It was a brilliant gig. Fort Norton Tombs and Black Shock, and they really kicked a lot of ass. It was a brilliant gig, and tons of people there. We raised uh, two grand. Right through cancer research. Mm. Going really, really well. You had then in the background yeah. um, the build up to the video to uh, Steadfast Leviathan, and that was Cosmo Palace. <laughs> there has to be stories about the video. <laughs> None. Yeah. yeah. Very well. Yeah. Come on, yeah. for fuck's sake. My, you're, my you're amongst friends here. It was so it was well so I've been back to Wicklow and we we're just from driving around seeing this place, like that would be an amazing spot to do a video. Of course, like halfway up a mountain, packing <laughs> all of the gear. And that wasn't even bad. It was Angel was saying that oh, I can get this lovely like light generator and it'll be fine. It's all it's, it's like new and then he rides this big hunk of a thing, takes up his entire boot, and is like, "Yeah, they didn't have it in stock." So it's like four of us pulling on the corner, <laughs> shuffling it up, taking breaks. And this was when what we did this. The, is? The, Early December, wasn't it? Eight, oh Jesus! Eight cold. in the morning, the third of December, when it was like yeah. I think three or four degrees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then they had to do all fucking go yeah. all rock star on us then after slogging the whole thing up. Well, remember, remember we were trying to get it back down for like, I think we were so tired and exhausted. Like the, the idea popped into our heads. Like, what if we like lay it on the sand and, and push it down? No. Yeah. I, I was doing maths in my head. I think it would have been cheaper and easier to just find it here. Yeah. And just leave it all up there. Yeah. Yeah. And then shout out to my little brother, Tiernan, because... I said, oh, you come and help out and you you might get in the video. <laughs> that didn't work. So, but he, he helped carry the stuff. He did. Yeah, yeah. He got a trip there. to the gym. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, I can't believe it's only looking back seeing Dara go top. It's just like, Jesus Christ, how'd you do it? Well, I yeah. was energy drinks and uh, yeah, pump, pump it up. I do remember how cold it was and you asking us, Dara asked us, should I go topless for this? And I, I, you know, I mean, it was freezing cold. And I was looking around and I said, Dari, yes. You've <laughs> got five hours of this. Yeah. <laughs> One consistency over and over again. Jesus. Is that how that long you were filming editor, for? Just slowly putting on more clothes as the video goes on. Put on a sock. <laughs> and it's, the amount of, I suppose, footage that got wasted, because it's not like it's just public land where there's a lot of hikers. <laughs> Yeah. Like there's one really good shot that Dara got where he's done the walkaway scenes at the end and he throws back his sticks and it hits the kit in a cool way. But you just see like this hiker like come up out of nowhere. Oh, no. see what's going on. Yeah. I need a blooper reel. Yeah. Actually, you should ask him for a blooper reel. I'm yeah. sure he has one. Yeah. Well, great video. Like it came yeah. out really, really cool. Yeah. And there's nothing worse. I fucking hate seeing bands that are in these beautiful locations and 
you know that their fucking guitars aren't plugged in. At least you went to the trouble of fucking plugging the lead into the gear. I, yeah. I said exactly. Like even on that one or two scenes where I'm on the rock, it's like I still need the lead, and I'll just put it down the other side of the rock. But it, exactly. the lead needs to be there. I yes. can't play without the fucking lead. Fucking bugs the shit out of me when bands do that. Like, yeah. I say green screen next time. But uh, <laughs> shout out to Angel with Cosmo Palace because that was a really easy thing to work with and. The result and so quick, he's so quick, yeah, so so professional with it. So, yeah, really happy with how that turned out. It did turn out fantastic, in fairness, and uh, it was brilliant seeing you up in the mountain. Like, I mean, the whole idea of the album Call of the Mountain, you might talk to us about was there much discussion over that, and how did it relate to the artwork? When did you decide on what? What came first? Did, did Colin have the name of the album before he started working? I don't think he did. Did he? he yeah, the team. Ooh, we might have sent. Yeah, that might have come a, a bit after we sent him. I think the the tracks the tracks have been ready since like late May, maybe early, and then they got mastered during the summer. Mm, okay. And we started talking to Colin. I think around the end of summer. And yeah, we didn't really have the. We were thinking of the album title for ages, and as I was just listening to it, and it's, I think it's yeah, it's the first line in um, Stead, Steadfast Steadfast Vibe. Yeah. I hear the call of the mountain. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool actually, and it fits everything. Yeah. And yeah, that was, we all disagreed. Yeah, that's what it should be called. Yeah, um, and then as for the artwork, it was kind of, we really liked what he did with the boats and we said that, but more. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting because um, with the name of the album, we definitely, we kept saying, let's push it on. Like when we were recording, we were like, we don't have an album. It was called Untitled Grey Stag Album Number One for, <laughs> for quite a long time. Uh, and we kept saying we better actually get a name for this. And you were like, let's just go with Call of the Men. First line instead, first device. And I like that. But it was afterwards I was thinking about the fact that you moved to Ockram. I've been trying to buy in Wicklow. Um, so like there's this extra thing of like, I don't know, the call. <laughs> The call of the mountain, like come, coming back to the Wicklow. Well, they're short as fucking Grizzly Adams we're... to be walking around now in the background. <laughs> We're, we're 100% Wicklow band at the moment, yes. so, you know. True. Um, oh, fuck it. Is that true? Yeah. 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 We, we all crawled out of Blessing and Lake. And yeah. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. Dara only lived like, well, he's in the main town near the village we grew up in. Our village, me and Matt grew up in Hollywood, and he was about 10 minutes down the road in Blessing, and we only, I suppose, we've definitely bumped into you before, I think, mm. but only really met you and become friends with you since we started in Grey Stag playing with Svetkan. I've been stalking you for several years. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to go back to this artwork again. It's it's absolutely fantastic, both front and back. And it just goes to show as well that you needn't have to be fucking vinyl to represent some decent artwork. <laughs> that dig in there now, Richie. Yeah, of course. And of course, a nice free oh, sticker bass. as well, courtesy yeah. of my Yeah. 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 No, big, big shout out to uh, Colin for um for the artwork on that for sure. He really went above and beyond, especially with the extra sigils for the inside sleeves and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Really happy with that. Yeah. Have you got some mer- cool merch plan now for We do Colin? we have some different merch. We tried to do something a bit different. Okay. Um so with that, yeah, it'll be first. We don't, we're don't not going to share anything yet. We're going to sell it at the gigs first. So if anyone wants it, yeah, do have to come to the gigs and then whatever yeah. else is left over. Just like we actually we did with Siege and that went really well, like those uh, latest T-shirts from Maraid. Yes. Um, like we sold, I think, more than half of them. We got loads of them as well and we sold more than half of them at Siege. So I think we only got like 
10 or so left or something. It was really well received. Yeah, that's another thing about you as a band. Your merch range is always fantastic. They're, it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, your uh, you trucker seem... hat is class. Yeah. He, he wears that like all the time. It's a bit like you, Richie, with his hat now. Yeah. Um... People are convinced I'm bald, actually, underneath the hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking gimmick. It's a prop, okay? <laughs> so you did also use uh, Kelvin for the new logo, which is again on on this. Why did you decide to change the logo? Um, I suppose we, we've had Colin did that original one that uh, that's on that t-shirt you're wearing there, Richie. And mm. um, we suppose never really put much thought into it before, but we just wanted kind of I don't know, not not rebrand, just something that was more, I suppose, unique to us. Because I think Colin just like picked a font and it worked really well. But um, we just wanted something that was, I don't know, more us and uh, evolving as we were. Yeah. Yeah. Maturing. Maturing. Yeah. Maturing, exactly. Yeah. More, more mature logo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it's great, yeah, because like we, we do like to share the love around all Irish. Yes, you do. So yeah. yeah. All, it's so hard to pick a favourite. Like it changes every time you see a different piece of artwork. Yeah, uh, of such talent here that we'd like to use as much of it as we can. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know what? It's it's getting to me now, Danielle, as well. It's worse than the vinyl now. Is the fucking AI art? Oh, yeah, really yeah. getting and I'm yeah. just fucking. I mean, you it can really do amazing things, you know. but lads, fuck off. Use Irish artists. There's plenty of them there. Jesus yeah. Christ, you know. But look, I know there's budget constraints as well, and especially for solo artists. I'm not having to dig at anybody, but it's nuts what AI can do, and it's only going to get worse and soon there'll be fucking AI bands appearing, you know, <laughs> replicating everything. Like Yellow, stag. Yellow stag. Yellow <laughs> stag. As soon as I can replace these two with an AI. I <laughs> and just one other thing, you got money out of the Arts Council. That's, I was going to say that about the using Irish artists uh, thing, because I think that was a big part of that application was the fact that um obviously uh might might shock you but we don't make uh make a ton of money at <laughs> the band but uh but a lot of the time if we if we do get money in the in the kitty i mean uh, every time we get money in the kitty it's gone towards getting a new um a new logo or a new bit of merch print like yeah. getting it either printed or getting it designed um and i think that was so in the application it was easy to say that not only are we making this album, but when we make this album, it's going to be the impetus for doing more t-shirt designs, paying for the artwork for the album mm-hmm. itself. Um, like the more of those designs that we sell, the more we can get designed and printed, etc. Yeah. So like it's it's uh, part of the sort of circular economy of, of it all. So even if we can't get paid, uh, artists can. <laughs> So yeah. I think yeah. uh, I think that's an important piece. But yeah, the the money from the Arts Council was a huge help because we would not have had the budget to do what we did. We didn't have to make any compromises um, at all with the album, which is good because we would have recorded the album one way or another. We've been on the cards for a long while and we've been working on it. Pretty much you you started working on that since uh, before we were recording the boats. Wow. Um. But it's been a long time building up and like a lot of bands, the lockdown sort of forced us to change what we were doing. Um, we put a lot of time then into demoing, writing the songs, making the songs like 
they're a lot more there's a lot more effort and work put into each each song and arrangement than than we had in any of the previous work and um and as a result of that i think everything came together it was the right time for us as a band because we'd shown that we've done a few things in the past yeah um and then the the funding itself the application sort of came up while we were on the way to bloodstock Okay. So when we came home uh, and we were isolating because um, Gat was the drummer at the time, he had been a close contact, so we were all isolating. Uh, so I took the time while I was at home to uh, spend about 18 hours a day just piling in a, an application okay. for it. Um, got it done in whatever, four, the four days between coming home from Bloodstock and the deadline uh, and then forgot about it until December that year. So um thinking about it the whole time but uh when we got the news i had to ring steve i was in i was in work i got the email i read it it's like congratulations we read it they <laughs> you've been, been awarded the money and i had to send it to steve and say here look i'm being an idiot i'm reading this completely wrong <laughs> this is telling us we've gotten the money and like if anything they're going to be asking us to to pay them for having made them the application yeah. you know? i just thought that somebody scammed them or something but no <laughs> no that was it yeah so like immediately that was the 6th of december wasn't it 6th of december something like yeah. that um, it, i remember you saying that like when you applied that would have been end of end of august start of september yeah and i remember you saying because matt knows all the systems that the deadline for getting or telling them you have the money is yeah the 6th of december so the longer it takes for them to tell you you don't have it the better chance you have okay of getting okay. it so like every like yeah as you're saying like kind of forgot about it and then like in november you go we haven't heard about it yet as i'm we- trying to think offhand i can only think of one other irish metal band getting funding now i could be wrong but i know 10 ton slug, slug got it yep. as well yeah was yep. that for another video as well What's the hunting ground? Hunting ground. Okay. It's been so long. It's been so long. Do you remember that yeah. ten ton slug? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, it used to be around years ago, I think it was. I, I think know it that. was ten ton snail. No. <laughs> okay. But I think they got funding for that today. I think they got funding for something like that. Yeah, already. So fucking yeah. long ago. Yeah. yeah. Can't remember. <laughs> And that's like, what, what gave yeah. you the idea for it? Like to, to, or where did you think like, oh, Jesus, we could apply for funding for, for the salary? I've, I've applied to the Arts Council for funding every year since like <laughs> 2008. So, no way. <laughs> I have, um, I have a, a drawer in, in the other room here, just full of rejection slips types. Of, like, <laughs> regret to inform you. <laughs> They're just like, we have to give it to him. He will never stop. <laughs> I, I think the difference here was that it, the application, we ju- I think we just went on a grander scale. Like before, I never applied for let's do an album, let's get a proper producer like Aidan Cunningham. Like the album, the, we had everything, like every bit of evidence you could have going in. Um, quotes from from Aidan, quotes from the places we were, every everything we were putting money into, we had on paper in there in the proposal everything was being reasonably done like realistically the arts council aren't there to fund profit making bands because they don't need the funding so that was my logic behind it was like well we're not going to make the money but give us the money and anything we're doing from it is going to to other professionals so they can pay board massive loss for you (laughs) (laughs) as well i spoke um that monolith online do you remember 2021 i think Mm -hmm. that was another good tick because that was arts council funded and so did we'd gotten 
That's it's right, all amount from yeah. that as well for doing it. Mm. Um, and then obviously bloodstock, I think, helped. But then, yeah, like I remember that those few, uh, those few days in isolation, like Matt sent me, does this pie chart look okay? Is this a nice <laughs> breakdown? <laughs> yeah. 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 They really have to make you jump through the hoops. Imagine it's five years ago since the guide was released, lads. Jesus. Don't tell us that. Yeah. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Yeah, I was only listening to it today, actually, like, because I was absolutely obsessed, especially with that song, The Guide. Um, yeah, Jesus, it's, it hits hard. It's <laughs> such a tune. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so like, yeah, the year after the boats. And then that was mad thing because we were doing some, I won't do any spoilers, but like, yeah, we were just saying in practice that like 2019, that was one of our last gigs. And then, show you where all know it happened early 2020. Uh, but the Boat CP launch was, yeah, one of the last ones we did for a long, long time. Mm. Yeah. It's nuts. So we might just talk about there who's playing with you on the launch. Uh, I, like your gluttons for punishment, tombs again, like three <laughs> fucking know. nights with tombs. <laughs> oh, who's, oh, what's the great. last gig? Is Limerick the last gig? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're going to oh, be burnt geez. out. They're, they're going to be fucked, gonna be, you know? going to be crisps by the time I see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he gets sense. Like, but anyway, so tombs are witchy for the whole three nights, which I think is a bad idea. <laughs> you're, you're both as bad as each other, in my opinion, uh, for drinking and fucking just mayhem. Debauchery. Debauchery. Yeah. So Belfast is twenty third with axe catcher. That is a class, class. lineup with tombs and yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah, right, they're fucking brilliant. Yeah, and shout out to Evan for converting me. Yeah, they're they're one of the best bands in Ireland, and I another three piece. Uh, yeah, another three piece. Actually, it's yeah, it's three oh, pieces. Three piece. Yeah, yeah. I didn't three even realize that. There you go. Um, yeah, Axe Catcher are on another level. They're brilliant. I saw them supporting Worn Out. Um, yes. I know minus ten thousand you uh, minus ten thousand hours were supposed to be playing, but they had to pull out for COVID reasons. I think. I can't remember um, who who filled in, but uh, when I saw Axe Catcher, my mind was blown. Yeah, yeah, and that's the same tour I saw him as well, man. Yeah, yeah. I completely missed their album as well. I don't. I think it was just you know all fuzzy brains during the lockdown mm. times, yeah. and like I went listened to it straight after. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Mm. And I also recorded with uh, Aiden too. Yeah, so that was another yeah reason. Like, oh, this guy sounds like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, so there's the twenty fourth then, which is Dublin, and that's Tombs, obviously, and then Limerick, the twenty fifth, Tombs, and Black Shuck. Yeah, yeah. There's no Cork date there, but <laughs> get yeah, the jig no, in just... there, Richie. <laughs> you might want to get onto some of the promoters down there, Richie. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, but um. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a wild three nights. And how much of the new album are you going to be playing? Uh, it's mostly good chunk, yeah. new album, yeah. Yeah. We have done a very stupid thing in that we have slightly different set lists. Um, it's <laughs> 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 um, yeah, a Dublin gig, especially because Thomas House is a small venue. They only allow two bands on a night now because there's just not enough room for... For um, enough gear and stuff and the heft yeah so that's going to be an hour long set so we're going to wow. pull out a few longer ones maybe yeah. Nice. yeah of course yeah okay let's get into it track one breath which is a translation for birth a lovely intro nice acoustic piece of work Steve do you take uh, the credit for that Um. yeah uh, that was originally it was uh, 
Brett and the second song was all one song. But when we were discussing it, like one of our favorite songs, um, it's for, uh, Still Life. What's the first song in Still Life called? The More. Isn't it? Oh, Opiate. Yeah. Oh, Opiate. Yeah. And like, I do love it, but sometimes I'm not in the mood for a two and a half minute build up to the riffs. So we just decided to break it out. And it kind of worked as a as a whole for the album as well. Yeah. Uh, and is it also when, is Matt's um, secretly been, well, not secretly, he tells us all the time how good at Irish he is and been relearning it. <laughs> but uh, Brett, it's got like some nice other meanings. It also means burden. It means mm-hmm. judgment. Oh, okay. It's just like one of those multiple, um, I suppose. And here I was thinking Burt and the last song was dead. Well, that's, that is it. Yeah. Brett, oh, Brett, good boss from start to finish or from the cradle to the grave. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so we're going to just give this a listen to there. Yeah, it it sets up the next track. DCs are deep, uh, doesn't it, Daniel? Yeah, Perfectly. it's it's class. I really really enjoyed it. It was it, it kind of like a breath of fresh air. Um, a question I did have. I know I'm always a stickler for lyrics. Is it is it a concept album or or is it kind <laughs> of a concept album, but kind of not really? It's yeah, it's half half a concept album okay. and half yeah. auto biographical I guess because I can't like I can't write lyrics without making them about myself I just mm-hmm. I, I lack the ability um, <laughs> but yeah because I think um, Steve has a concept for the musical side of it and completely independently of that I have a I, I can't I have a concept for the the lyric the lyrical side and they're related but not the same which is interesting yeah. but, um, okay that's class it's um l- lyrically it's sort of following a an alternate sort of history of ireland um where when we were invaded and co- colonized uh in in fighting back we actually called upon the ancient forces of the land and destroyed the entire world and the track is following us walking across a ruined irish landscape but then each each track has its own separate sort of connection to to my life um over the past year wow brilliantly explained yeah that's really interesting um excellent stuff now daniel i want you just maybe to flag two or three of your favorite songs on the album this surely is one of them is it yeah that one this one stood out um i'd probably be here like for the day if i was this i'd probably list them all out actually eventually (laughs) because i i i I like wrote, it's all blurring out now, but I wrote um, like a review, but I accidentally tore it out to, to write something else. 
and I forgot that that was on it and I crumpled it up and threw it in the bin. So it's actually, <laughs> uh, then I read it back and I was like, this is terrible review. It just goes, maiden vibes, mat a break, intro class, lovely piano. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's only for DCs or deep, is it? No, no, that's for a few different songs. But I have like the, the song number, and then I have the song name. So, yeah, um, this one, this one definitely stood out. Um, but I have to say, I think "Steadfast" as the single was a great choice. But this could be a contender for another one. Yeah, and, perhaps. And f- to hear it live, <laughs> sweet Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's like the the first three minutes is like suffocating sludge as only you can do it. And then anyway, look, I'm going to play a clip off it. As I said, I'm just limited to what I can choose. So for a lot of these, I just, again, being selfish, picked them out for myself and didn't care who else gives a shit about them. But that's just <laughs> it's my, your show. My show. OK, so this is the seas are deep. That's great. And again, the maturity in the writing of this, there's different, I suppose, levels of heft. And then there's just, again, crafting, crafting the the nice breaks. So it breaks up sometimes the monotony of sludge. And like, this is a great example of Yi as a band uh, progressing. Um, I'll throw it out to you there. We'll say we put Dara on the spot. He's, he's having a comfortable ride at the moment, actually. <laughs> Very fucking comfortable ride. Okay, taking this role on as a new drummer and talk to us about uh, maybe your input into some of the tracks on this, Dara. Yeah, um, it was it was really great writing the Drums Free album. It's probably the most difficult album I've ever um, ever done in my entire life, musically. Yeah. Like um, I think and I think this was actually something now, like a spit. Yeah, it really was extraordinary. Uh, for various various yeah. reasons. Uh, but I think Seas was the first track we worked on. It would have been Seas. the yeah, I'm pretty sure Seas is the first one. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, no, uh, I remember when when we first practiced, started practicing together, and then they were like, "Well, do you want to keep going?" Like we have a bunch of songs, and I'm like, "Absolutely." So then we kind of <laughs> kept going on, and I think we wrote wrote the whole album in about two months. So it was really, really intensive. A lot of songs. I think each week we were doing about maybe two songs. 
Yeah, so I was kind of glossed over that. Like when we first mm-hmm. asked Dara, it's because we had a string of gigs lined up in no- oh, yeah. November, December 2021. And we're like, oh, look, we need a drug. Do you want to join us? And he's like, yeah, they all got cancelled. Then we got the Arts Council thing. It's like, well, do you want to stay with us and write the album? Mm. And then Matt got COVID. So we only started practicing the album in February. February. And yeah, then we were in, in the studio. studio in April. Yeah. So that was the intensive period. <laughs> ridiculous when you think of it like yeah. that. We were still doing a lot of work in the background, though, because I think oh, yeah. that December, as soon as the funding was announced, um, we obviously had to get in touch with Aiden and try and pencil in a, a, a slot that we could work with. I hadn't gotten COVID yet, so I was like, yeah, the earlier the better because we want to, <laughs> you know, get working. So we went went with the April um, period. That was the Easter break, wasn't it? Easter, Easter break, yeah. yeah. Um, so we took that. I uh, didn't realise it was Easter break when it came to trying to get time off work and so on. But uh, yeah, so in the background, doing a lot of like writing, arranging, sketching out the songs on computers and emailing back and forth and WhatsApping. And um, then... Pre-production was definitely the most intense pre-production we've done before because I think we did three individual sessions, each one of like lasting half a week because we changed uh, studio, uh, rehearsal studio during that as well. We did, yeah. Um, And yeah, I know a lot (laughs) of things. I I think the biggest thing that has defined the last couple of years for us as a band is the amount of changes that have happened in all in all of our lives. Um, and we can go into more detail on that later. But um, when I got COVID, I did not expect to be as sick as I was. And I was so worried I wouldn't be able to do vocals on the album because I couldn't even walk for five minutes. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, I mean, thankfully, I think I'm, I'm better now. I'm just on fish. But, the, <laughs> <laughs> but like, there was there was a long recovery process. I mean, I was still feeling it for... That's why I think... I, one of the reasons Limerick, uh, Siege Limerick was one of the best gigs we played was because that was the first gig we played that I fully felt like I'd recovered. So it okay. took that long, mm-hmm. um, which is why, and again, back to spreadsheets, but I spreadsheeted out all the vocals depending on their intensity for the album so that I knew what how to pattern it in nerd. between all of the things in order <laughs> to... Christ. On the last three days, Matt wouldn't talk in between vocal things. Yeah. It was very frustrating. up, comes down. She's <laughs> like proper divas. Wow. So. <laughs> My God, that's incredible. So uh, Dara has kind of conveniently stopped again there. I thought we'd ah. have a flow there, you know. Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, yeah. These seas yeah. are deep, Dara, yeah. approaching that. Yes, uh, seems a really good one, like nice, nice and slow and heavy and kind of a lot of weight in the song. And then and the second riff comes in, seems like kind of, more, kind of triumphant, kind of upbeat kind of stuff. And then... Yeah, I really love that song. That and probably Steadfast and maybe Peric, probably my, my favourite tracks. Okay, nice. But um, yeah, no, that's a really good one as well. Okay, so Steadfast, Leviathan, Daniel, maybe just talk to us about the first time you heard it and your reaction. First time I heard it was actually on a, on a plane. I was going to Bucharest. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, uh I, I was kicking myself actually because you know Bucharest has the heaviest structure in the world and I went to see it a day too late because I was like I should take a photo of that I was like this is the heaviest structure in the world but it's still not as heavy as Steadfast Leviathan <laughs> nice. I was like oh kicking myself Brilliant. yeah it's absolute heavy and actually I'd seen the title like you know you'd released the, the, the title of it before the song and I, I just said to Pete I was like 
I know I'm going to love this. Like yeah. this is, um, yeah, it's 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 what it's what I wanted from a new Grace Egg and I th- song, and I think it was a brilliant single for you to pick. Yeah. Um, which also because it was the lead single, and then listening to the album, it actually surprised me even more listening to the album that you've got the softer side to it, um, which was a really nice surprise as well. Like so, um, yeah, steadfast. It'll be be great to hear that in Limerick on 25th looking forward to that if you're still if you're still alive yeah I'm gonna play a clip of it and Matt maybe you might just talk us through some of the lyrics um in relation to song Like worlds have collapsed to fucking riffs like that. I, I don't know. I have a heavier riff at the moment than that. That is just fucking insane. That's definitely, definitely you'll be a contender, I think, for single of the year at the end. Um, Thank you. And yeah. you know what? They're Irish yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. But don't say a thing, you know. Others yeah. won't get offended. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, talk to us about the lyrics to this. So in terms of the concept, like DCs are deep is is us crawling out of the out of the seas onto a ruined Irish shore, and steadfast is the point at which we're given a purpose. That's that's where the rest of the album's lyrics sort of come from. Is is this idea that there's something on something bigger than us here? That's the the Leviathan. That's that's driving us, driving us towards the. Um, the mountain, I guess. Um, and in terms of the actual real life application to me, uh, it come, came from a time when I was sort of, um, well, not that I, I don't know, but feeling like the world around me is picking me up and sort of um, driving me on a, on a force that I can't uh, feel like I really control. And sometimes it's good and sometimes <laughs> it's bad. But uh <laughs> But at the time, it, it was something where I felt viscerally affected by events around me that I, okay. I couldn't have any control over. So, Because remember the last time I interviewed G, it was in Fred's on the stage. And that long, that ago. long ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. And one thing that I wouldn't say it's stressing you out, but it was um, a frustration to you in one way. And that's the way I picked it up is the fact that you are more or less tied to the microphone, especially with your vocal delivery. Now, I don't think that has improved. In fact, I'd say it's 
it's actually going to be a bigger challenge now with these songs because your because <laughs> your vocal performance throughout this album is nothing short of jaw dropping, being truthful, and it's it's incredible the way you have developed. I suppose there's a range there that you're comfortable with, but I think you've actually even pushed that limit a bit further. I don't know how you do it, but I mean, what were your struggles like for the last two gigs he played, which was Dara's fundraiser and and the siege? Because I mean, again, like trying to get actual breaths in between those those deliveries, fucking hell! Like, well, yeah, we we actually um we took that into account with some of the writing. Steve very uh, great graciously wrote me uh, an instrumental song <laughs> to stick in the middle of the set. Yeah. Um, but I think as well, I've been more conscious of it on on this album with changing the vocal styles or changing the phrasing to give that that space for breath here and there. Yeah. Um, there's very little. I'd say on like challenging wise, uh, Peric is, is the toughest one because that's that's pushing me into a different um a, a different key to where I'm normally at. Mm. But um but for the most part, the way I've changed the techniques that I'm using between riffs and so on is uh is giving me the the break that I need between doing things so I'm not feeling worn out. Um because there was a point coming up to that that time we would have been talking uh where I was getting genuinely worried that I wouldn't be able to keep doing the vocals yeah. uh, the whole time. So, uh, so thankfully now we've a whole lot more material that, <laughs> that, I, that I can I can work that around. You know, mm. um, would you agree with that, Daniel? Yeah, yeah. That's why I actually wrote Matt a break for the fourth song because <laughs> I remember hearing that. I remember saying tied to the mic and like not getting a lot of breaths in, which is kind of important. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> what I what I will say, though, is I think in this type of music, it, it can be like vocals can be sound very the same, same. It's kind of hard to, but I can listen to a song and I know straight away that's Matt singing. Yeah. Like there's there's a distinct growl in there that's very much yours, um, which which is which is great, especially in in this kind of sludgy environment that we have at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's, that really kind of adds another layer to your, um, to your sound. Um, Thank you. Thanks very much. Excellent stuff. So that brings us nicely into the instrumental. Uh, nice dovetail there, lads. Trespasser. Yeah. Let's give this a listen. <laughs> Have your influence changed much over the the years, Steve, musically wise? Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. One of the biggest, well, obviously, this is actually a kind of old riff that we just didn't know what to do with it until Dara put those groovy drums around it. 
Yeah. Which really changed yeah. the feeling of my favorite ones to play live. It's really just, yeah, it just you bop to it. Bouncy, yeah. But definitely musically, what I've gotten really into in the last few years is uh, trad music, especially oh, bands. <laughs> and you were just listening to Steve there from Grey Stag. Have you heard of Lancome? They'd be like I the have, main yeah. one. Yeah. I, can, I, mean, I, can, like, I can cope with them just about. That big drone that they have and stuff like that. And the darkness of some of the old lyrics really inspired me. As Matt okay. said before, that like he's got his concept. When I was arranging like the track list and the music of the album, it was loosely based on 800 years of colonization and like the song titles and the feeling of the tracks. I tried to, I suppose, impart that. A lot of, you know, adversary stuff which you know comes part of songs failing great loss but a bit of hope in there yeah and the cyclical nature of it it's it's interesting you did bring up the trad side of it because i always like to think tin lizzie had that flavor of trad running through it and the fact that you did a cover of emerald and there is steve sections there of tin lizzie no again are you even conscious of that is it just just flowing through your fingers and you're not even thinking too much but, but I, I i like the way you brought that up yeah yes yeah, it's definitely not like i'm not gonna be you know not gonna be whipping out a mandolin or singing on raglan road or anything like that and say, <laughs> like uh, it's that, too. it's that um little bit of i suppose more melody that you'd put in like yeah. having, i suppose it's the maturity as well having the confidence to put more melody in there rather than just you know riffing on the on the lower strings yeah yeah well, and i think that sorry yeah. richie uh, i think this song really highlights that actually killing monster um that we're going into now because now that you said Lizzie, Richie, that that makes more sense because I thought kind of I was hearing Maiden kind of melodic in there, and yeah. I was like, Richie's going to kill me for writing Maiden down here. No, 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 no. <laughs> I I thought that, but I think it's actually more akin to, to kind Lizzie. of Lizzie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, let's play this. It's a great track, actually. Killing monsters. sounding grey stag there. Lads. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking you would never have heard that on yeah. like 
the guide or or the bolts like it's a that one was tough to come together that was yeah that was the toughest ones yeah some of the riffs see it comes up with a riff and you're there playing I'm like oh that's cool and then there's a little little, little handbrake and I'm like oh fuck, what am I supposed to do with it and then <laughs> and then it clicks and I'm like oh I get it out and then it's very satisfying yeah. if that makes sense speaking drumish yeah because yeah, Matt's there like and I say oh I think it's a a three four with a seven eight at the end with a little, a little accent you go a bit of legro and I'm like no but we get there in the end and you translate her yeah that's the way they that's the way they work yeah you play a lot with feedback in the end of two or three tracks as well Steve does that just do you think add to the mood of the album as such or yeah, we always like bands who do that and we brought all our pedals and Aiden was very open to us. Just like at some points we plugged in like all the pedals and we have got some that have oscillators in them that just kind of make that like warbly sound. And we just, mm-hmm. me or Matt, I'd usually play something and Matt would just mess them around. Yeah. I get that sweeping kind of sound. Yeah. And it's more that so they link maybe a bit better and flow into each other. A bit of dread is also good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the longer the note. Yeah, the more dread. The more dread, yeah. Uh, Track six is The Adversary. That's a song that we're all familiar with. Uh, Who wants to take this one? Uh, I suppose I'll go. I haven't said much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting in the corner. Yeah, the the adversary, adversary, chadversary, we call it. Uh, (laughs) it It was already a single, and then we decided to record it again. I don't know, just for consistency for the album. And, um, Pretty much stuck more or less to the drums that were there already. Change a couple little accents and phrases here or there, but uh, it's still about probably about 60, 70% close to the single version that came out already. What was it, about two, three years ago? Yeah, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah it was just yeah, before it's... Bloodstock we released that. That's yeah, true. before or just after? Jesus, I thought it was only no. last year. No, you do. I think you released it before Bloodstock. Yeah, it might be before. Jesus, that long ago. One thing um, I completely forgot about earlier, but we went and recorded The Adversary um, and we got Aidan Cunningham to mix and master that. And that was expressly for the purpose of putting in the application for the Arts Council. That that was the proof of concept yeah. um, to show what we could do with, uh, with an adequate budget. So uh, at the time, um, we, we were wondering whether that was a good idea. But I think it, it definitely played out. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But on the drums that um Dara changed up, I do love like the little you just seem to get bored so easily in a good way where you just play nowhere you go and just do like the little regular... having zero patience is is, uh, is actually surprisingly <laughs> good for being a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's let's give this a blast.
my opinion at this stage half is true the album apart from you know the obvious obvious leap in progression in the songwriting as well is just the absolute fucking wonderful job Aidan Cunningham did with oh, it. Sounds unbelievable. Yeah. It does. It does. Yeah, and you're it does and, so and you're just going, holy shit, I'm half as true and it sounds so fucking good. Like great, yeah. great call, lads, getting them on board. Absolutely. Far better than we have any business, Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just because of the funding that we got, we were able to like do it like a proper band where you know you took two weeks off. And just was in the studio all the time doing it. But like yeah. it gave us the time to we spent a whole day doing drum setting the drums up and getting us oh, down, yeah. another yeah. day doing the amps together. <laughs> and then like we had two days at the end to add in all the little bits and flourishes that just pump it up a little I, bit. I think actually the last song Mountains, it wasn't I just remember this now, it wasn't finalized when we were doing the drums for it because we were kind of delayed a bit doing the pre-production. Um because just the small amount of time that we had. So it wasn't 100% finished when we were going to do the drums. I think like the last kind of last kind of outro section, we tried like one or two things and one worked better than the other one. And then we kind of went, went with that. But that was the first time ever kind of writing, quote unquote, to like in the studio. So that was really, yeah. that was pretty cool. Sarah, yeah. did you work with Aiden before? I have not, no. Okay. Like, he was, he was really good like? in like, in a way that it kind of kicks your ass a little bit. Like I, I'd go and do a take and like, I was pretty good. And he was like, that, that wasn't very good. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> right, I'm not, not going to contest it. Like if, if you know, you're, you're a sound guy. Uh, so, you know, if you do a take and like, I think it was okay. And then he's like, no, you can do that again. And then go and do a few more takes. I'm like, yeah, no, you're right. That was definitely, definitely a lot better than the first one. Yeah. I think that's yeah. that's what that's what he's there when he has it. that ear. Like yeah, he, he knows, and it's a big trust thing then because you've so much work to do in the studio as as a musician that if you can take away the stress of having to tell whether what you've just played is good enough, mm. uh, then all you have to deal with is is actually performing and and playing well. Mm. And uh, and he very quickly put us in that situation because I know that I mean. He he was very on all of us with um that wasn't album ready. That was the the mm. big the the phrase I heard something that wasn't album ready. It's good. It's not album good. Yeah, yeah. Go again. Yeah. And then and then you knew um that when you got it and he was happy that uh, that you definitely got it. And he and he brought, brought something out of all all of us. I don't think we thought we had in us, if you know. Um, Steve, would you agree with that, yeah? No, definitely, yeah. And D Dara definitely does have the hardest job because we don't play to a click in the studio. So he's got to get a, each take like perfect because you can't just intersperse little bits. Mm. Um, but yeah, 100%. Like, mm. just, and the knowledge that you get from him is also being a good guitarist and like being from uh, being in Murdoch and the gear that he has as well is just, yeah, really, really good. Yeah. I, I think uh, for people that don't know, I'm nearly sure he's is he still spending six months over in America and six months in Ireland or he was I think it I don't know if he got a bit messed up obviously during the lockdown but I, as far as I know I think so yeah so like well, you only have a stories. certain window bands only have Irish bands anyway have only a certain window with Aiden per year like a, as in a, a five or six month window now it could have changed but from what I can remember anyway yeah. talking to the man or one bit that I just remember because he played the end of the adversary that bit where it just bulks up a bit we actually we brought this tiny little battery powered amp and sounds absolutely crap and he has this really crap pedal and we played the guitar through that but it just fills this little void 
that the bass and guitar doesn't. When you play it together, it just kind of lifts everything up. And he's just full of little sonic, like, nuggets of gold like that. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, cool. Okay, track seven is Make Their Victory. Pyrrhic. Pyrrhic. Uh, I had to look that up. Too great a cost to have been worthwhile for the victor. Daniel, you can uh, talk us through this when I play the clip. Here we go. was your reaction when you heard that again different stag yeah yeah exactly um that's the one you're playing you're singing in a different key matt is it yeah 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 it definitely sounds like it it sounds like it's a challenge like for you like something interesting like you know um and i again it's kind of bringing that lazy kind of maiden vibes Mm. oh the middle section definitely yeah Yeah. there's something it really relates to the whole theme that you have going it kind of feels very Celtic almost there's definitely that kind of a vibe in there um, but yeah I, I definitely was struck by the vocals it's mm. something different and it's great to throw that in um, and I think that live will be have you, you didn't play that at the sea did you yeah um, so that one I'm really looking forward to hearing it live but it's, I don't know if we can though I don't know if, I'm, if we're that good <laughs> That's I was going to ask, can you not Toby. remember, Danielle? <laughs> <laughs> I remember everything from the siege. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she would have deflected to me and I would have been going, oh, no, not really. <laughs> but, um, so, that, that was a very fun one. And I suppose musically tried to make it match that, as Richie said, like a great cost to the victor, but you still lose. Mm. So like the ending riff is the same as the start, but it's, I remember just saying to Dara, like, make it janky. And then at the end, he starts doing a few blasts and stuff just to, you know, yeah. to make it kind of fall apart as you're losing. I was, yeah. I was a bit worried. It's like, is it too much? Is it is it too weird for the stag of people not going to like? And they, they kept reassuring me. He's like, no, no, this is, this is you know, the direction I want to go. I'm like, eh, fair enough. And tried to, <laughs> tried to put in some blast beats. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a no. tough one to record. Yeah, no, it's it's great. it's a great to have a track like that in there. Again, that will throw off a lot of fans and make him go, wow, this is actually different. And I think the way he have it spaced out as well is very interesting. Yeah, it's a good it's, flow to it. Like. There's a great flow to it. And you're introducing new stuff to avid fans like us that, that are going, oh, making us sit back. But, it's fresh. like Yeah, and again, it's just the whole balance of the album is really, really good. I don't know, had you to work on that or did the songs just dictate that, that flow come naturally? Was there maybe two or three songs there that you stressed over, kind of going, will this work? Or? Definitely a few. Yeah, like I know 
it's weird how I write because I just kind of I can't sit down and just write riffs they just appear in my head and then I go do it mm. or I have lots of cans and I write it and I send Matt a record and he goes Steve this is terrible but like some of the yeah the ones we had like I think maybe about six or seven of them together they started to take shape of where they were going okay but then we definitely like there were some where it's like we need a heavier one here mm. we need something light here because we want to break it up we want to yeah, yeah. fit it into the story like yeah. some of them were titled before they were even songs which was it was weird doing but we thought the fact it's an album it gives you more room to play with those mm. ones that like you won't play live probably like you know the, the opener or the next one yeah, but, yeah. okay Cool. You're okay. a big titles guy. You did all the titles, right? right. I'm big titles, yeah. He did ask you I don't usually don't mind you changing titles. He's never asked except for make your victory bear. He goes, No, that actually has to stay the same. <laughs> 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 One time he's asked. But yeah, I just have a big list of like song titles, what is cool, it's called on my uh, Google Docs. And anytime I read or hear something goes like, Oh, that make a cool song title, put it in. And then sometimes the title comes first and I write a riff to it, or I write a riff and goes, Oh, that sounds like this title. Okay. That's usually how it comes Interesting. together. We get the best out of them, don't we, Daniel? <laughs> we do, yeah. Really <laughs> we'll go into the studio the next we'll go into the studio the next time, will we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Wrecked so this is the second instrumental in the album. And uh, we'll give this No Stranger to Pain. Just wondering as well, lads, have we missed Tom's Tom Woodlock's appearance on the album <laughs> and no, no. Dylan's as well? Dylan Scully of Displace Hell and Dylan's uh, contribution was very thankfully lending me a bass amp and cabinet to use. Ah. Give me the cabinet. No, it's just the amp <laughs> um, to use for the for the studio because I. Have I have my own, which I knew wouldn't be up to scratch, and I had one prepared to rent, and that fell through at the last minute. Ah, okay. Um. So I think after the first day in the studio, I drove all around the country getting uh getting <laughs> what has got to be the heaviest amp head I have ever picked up in my life. Um. And uh. Yeah. So that's that's uh Dylan Scully's yeah. uh contribution, and thank you very much to him for it. Yeah. And Tom's yeah, appearance is coming up, is it? Yeah, we'll point that out. I think when okay. uh, when it comes up, it's a, it's in mountains. This yeah. mountain moves. Oh, okay. And Pancho made an appearance as well, Daniel, but nobody noticed. <laughs> Steve went out for a piss, oh, and then Pancho <laughs> came in and played, Surprise. and nobody noticed. Pancho played Steve's part. 
<laughs> is that true? Yeah. I'm blank still, is that? <laughs> Thank you, Howard, for rounding up the two of them in the siege and pushing the that two of them brilliant. together so I could get photographic <laughs> evidence that they're not the one person. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. yeah. I, I think oh, the, better, the best thing about that was when <laughs> my partner, who has known Steve for many years, was talking to Pancho and got very angry at him. <laughs> for giving her the cold shoulder, so. <laughs> and uh, it was Kieran from uh, Barosa Naturalist did the exact same thing. And it's so funny. funny. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Pancho to cut his hair now. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to say, is that why you cut your hair, Steve? <laughs> hey, thanks for the tip anyway, just in case he's down at the siege, Matt. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, next track is another fantastic song, uh, Sunder. I love this track. See the way there, I got three versions of Stag in that one spot. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> love yeah. that, lads. Absolutely love it. Daniel, can you remember this live? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I can actually remember singing the lyrics back to Matt in this and the siege, and I had no clue the lyrics like, but I fucking sang it. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good sign or. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is, that, it's, it's a fantastic track, lads. Um, who wants to take that one? I, uh, I'll just say that uh, that's my favorite track on the album. And uh, I think I can't remember when along the lines it was. Um, it was definitely one I was worried about putting together. But Dara's addition to that on, on the drums really makes that song completely sing. Because um, I think a lot of the, uh, a lot of that came together. It didn't. It wasn't formed the way it is until Dara was there. I don't think okay. that middle section was that, there. That was an early one, I think, as well. Might have been second. Uh, was it that early? Yeah. 
think it was. All I know is one of the last things we did before we went to the studio was add that snare hit. Oh, um, that's great. And I think yeah. it's the best snare hit on the album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I really wanted to kind of channel Dave Lombardo on that one. I was listening to a lot of snare at the time. And I, yeah. I think it kind of... You can hear the it. double bass in that yeah. there. The little... Uh, the little the little drum break in the in the middle of it. I think as a placeholder, we were using the Phil Collins thing. <laughs> so he was like, oh, it has to be like a little drum break kind of thing. And before I kind of thought of anything, I was like, she's an easy lover. <laughs> There's an evil riff there that I just that literally faded out there again, Steve. I mean, Christ, like, you know, just some parts of songs that you try and anticipate what a guitarist would do and I certainly was anticipating that um, when I heard that track first and then the fact that you did it then I was just going fuck yes that's just so good like. and uh, the feedback again at the end yeah. leads okay. in nicely cheers yeah and like as I mentioned before I like riffs that you don't kind of expect or it changes like that when it changes well the first time you play it changes each ending and then changes again and it's just nice to keep you on your toes, I think. And just yeah. ex- a little U-turn and yeah. something to surprise listeners. Oh, always yeah. some dread. Yeah. Some dread. yeah. <laughs> um, that actually, that gives me a bit of PTSD. Because um, I remember recording that riff. Uh, technically, definitely the most difficult riff um, for, for me, anyway. The doodle diddle diddle little 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 Nailed it the first time. Oh, it was so tight. Absolutely perfect. Got to recording the guitars and realized I played two of the notes in the reverse order. That's a track all thing again. And <laughs> it is so sad looking. My fingers were because they'd already resigned. I tracked all the bass. So my fingers are like, okay, cool, we're off. And, uh, <laughs> we're back in. and I remember like it was like I'd drunk a bottle of wine. Like my fingers are like, no, like what are you doing? If we're not like, this isn't what we play anymore. We like, you know, we twiddle our thumbs and, and don't speak between vocal takes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, that's uh, we got there in the end. Jesus, I nearly cried. (laughs) (laughs) And no clicks, you can't just drop in for those two notes. (laughs) Okay, so track 10 is Dismounted Moves. I want to thank Steve for giving me a preview of this track. I I just went, holy shit, this is absolutely sensational and my opinion hasn't changed and in fact i think it's even got better as i listen to it more so uh, this is it
Yeah, that's fantastic, lads. I think, in my own opinion, this is Grey Stag's love song in relation to the lyrics. It's, <laughs> it feels very emotional. It is. And yeah. the lyrics are fucking incredible as well. So, Matt, maybe you just take that and then we talk about the rest of the song, just about the lyrics. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the lyrics for that were, um, were actually mostly rewritten very shortly before the studio. Um, my grandmother passed away three or four days before we went in. Okay. Um, and she would have been very important musically to me uh, when I was five or six. She identified that I had a, a talent for, for playing music. I, I played her piano um, and her piano is now uh, downstairs in, in my house. Um, and yeah, she sent me off. She paid for me to do piano lessons for the next five or six years after that, before I picked up the uh, guitar and then subsequently the bass. And so, yeah, it was very, um, she she had turned, she had become, taken a turn and become quite sick the Sunday and uh, passed away on the Wednesday, about 10 minutes after I went up to see her the last time. Um, and, and it was very emotional for me, but I had started writing those lyrics when, when she got sick um, and I kind of knew what way it was going. Okay. So that's, that song is about, uh, lyrically, um, it, it takes a turn from the concept uh, because of the situation and it's very much uh, dealing with my, my relationship with her. Um, the... That's why the, the piano that, that I'm, I'm playing on, Strength, No Stranger to Pain, is not her piano because that was horribly out of tune. <laughs> but um, but I like to think that it, like when I did when I wrote the piano for that, which is just playing along to your your guitar, <clears throat> um, I did two or three takes and and that was the the one I liked. Okay. Um, that's that was originally supposed to be my my ode to her, and then um, and then when she got sick and passed away, um. That's that's when the lyrics. the lyrics for Mountain came in. And uh, just to note as well, she was 107. She was about going to be 108. Wow. Um, that's incredible. In, in June of that year. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. And so that's why she and Steve put the dedication mm-hmm. on the album. I didn't uh, didn't even <laughs> um, notice it because I'm colorblind and I couldn't read it. <laughs> so. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's Dara's dad as well. Yeah. As the, yeah, it's dedicated. Yeah, I think I think the album is kind of retroactively kind of there's a lot about loss. Kind of looking back at it, even though it might not have kind of been been put in lyrically at the time. But uh, with Matt's uh, nan and my dad, uh, so it's very mm-hmm. very important. That's a good way to market lads in in time, you know. And uh, like to have it on an album as good as this, it's it's, it's a real testament to the people that you love really and truly um steve this mount moves there's so much in it structurally how hard was it putting it together uh, for me simple because like the way it works is i just write a string of riffs and then it's all over to matt <laughs> so, like, we work really well that way because i'm so tunnel visioned once i write something a certain way it's just like that's the way it is in my head i can't do anything else about it so like i'd maybe do 80, 90% of the writing, Matt would do like 90% of the arrangement, like move all the riffs around, maybe add in some bridges and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
as needs to to connect it together and it just I don't need to worry about it which is a great way to work because I was never able to write like music by myself but having Matt there and being able to bounce stuff off him is just so much better yeah, yeah I think to jump in worked. there Daniel for that song um yeah like I suppose I just really listening to it felt the the kind of emotion off of off of it um and again it's another one of those ones that you wouldn't have heard on previous stag records yeah. you know so it's just great to see the progression and again matching the flow of the, of the of the album itself but um yeah you can definitely feel throughout the album there's it, as you i think you said earlier it kind of deals with loss but also the hope there as well which is yeah. which is fantastic <laughs> like it's it's a it's weird me saying this because I never thought I'd say this about a stag album, but there there's something beautiful about it. Like, yeah. um, so it's it, it's fantastic, and again, it's that maturity coming yeah. into it, and um, yeah, it's it's a credit to you, really. It is. Who did the singing? Actually, is that you, Steve? No, that as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, we did do some background vocals. In he did. Yeah. Not to mention, yeah. he made us do yeah, like in Steve <laughs> and those gang vocals you hear in. Uh, Eric, that's all of us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I remember like the first take of that before on the, on the Reviver band is just like drunken lad shouting outside oh, yeah. a chip shop. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason we're not main vocalists. Yeah. I forgot about that. They're on Steadfast. See Steadfast and Perrick. Oh, I forgot yeah. about Steadfast. Yeah, yeah they're in yeah. three songs. Yeah, we did background vocals for. And Tom appears as well in this yeah. track. So they, it's the very last riff or the second last riff, the last chorus that comes in. Yeah. That's Tom's moment to shine, where he provided us with a uh, a, a gong. Um, yeah. Pity well, wasn't a cowbell. To me, the album would be nothing but cowbell. Yeah, yeah. but I, thankfully, it's not. I, I messaged Tom. I knew I knew if anyone had a gong, it would be Tom. And I said, "Do you do you have a gong that we could use?" And he goes, "Lads, do you have any idea?" Gong? That's probably what <laughs> yeah, he asked. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any idea how hard is it? How hard it is to record a gong? I'll send you some samples I've already made. And like, oh, brilliant! So we're just yeah. picking out from what he'd previously recorded, and I think we've mixed in a few that, like, we wanted more gong, and Aiden was like, "That's yeah. not album gong." <laughs> I, was, I, think, I think that was the big compromise Aiden made in the whole affair. He, he... <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. Thanks to, uh, thanks to Gong Woodblock. <laughs> For, Okay, uh, the last track is uh, is it Bass? Boss. Boss. Yes. Okay, Boss. Right, let's hear it.
wraps up the package perfectly. Matt, having the courage to sing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have any major issues singing clean vocals. Uh, not, I don't think I have the most beautiful singing voice in the world. But uh, generally speaking, live, it's always the concern is the uh, monitoring, being able to hear okay. that pitch, because uh, <laughs> especially after playing, you know, half an hour of, of very heavy riffs, mm. uh, it can become hard to hear yourself. But uh, yeah, I, I thought it needed that um, that vocal refrain and the, the idea behind that lyrically, it's only three words but uh, or four words, but the uh, the idea there was that we're returning to the beginning of the album because I the whole time we were doing this and it, there isn't any direct references to it, but I was always thinking about Sisyphus and pushing a rock up a hill only to push it up the hill again. Yeah. Um. And that that's very much where I was feeling in my life at the start of this project, where, um, I, I you know I mean I didn't feel like I was progressing, but my stresses and everything were continuing to increase yeah. and, and my my responsibilities, but I, I didn't feel like I was going anywhere. So that was the idea of Sisyphus throughout the whole thing. And that, that was the second meaning of breath being a burden, something to carry mm. is the is that rock that you're pushing up. And then you think you're at the end of, of boss, but you you come right back to the beginning and, and the whole cycle starts again. That's the, the sort of wrap up theme mm. I had in mind. And as well, it's as well. It's um, the same notes just played in a different structure. So I find like just when you have it on repeat, it actually loops very well back into Brett again. Yes, it does. and uh, it was your idea as well when we were just deciding about because the first song, "The Caesar Deep," had Brett before, and we divide it up and then name it Brett and Boss, and have mm-hmm. that kind of cyclical nature as part of yeah. it as well. Yeah, and then it kind of ties into what we did with the video. Pushing all the stuff up the mountain. <laughs> yeah. I was very literal. I said it. Hidden meanings and everything. Yes, Jesus, yeah. we got it all tonight, Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They crumbled under our intense questioning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a, just a phenomenal album, lads. Um, it's a credit um, from both myself and Dan, Diane, Daniel. <laughs> I would say it's <laughs> fucking safe to the last minute, wouldn't it? Yeah. But uh, it's a credit to you and like, you know what kind of fans we are. We deeply admire your work and for this to land on our laps and to see the absolute progression, the musicianship, the delivery, the production, the artwork, everything is top class and it's a credit to you, lads. Thank, Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. It means a lot. Yeah. Here's to having you too. Anything else to say, Daniel? See you at the front row maybe in Limerick? Yeah, see, see, yeah, you'll see me there. Um, I'll try and remember a bit more of this one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, best luck now, lads, yes. with the tour. Um, I'm sure from listening to it, there's going to be a lot of people with sore necks after it. Like, they're pure headbanging tunes yeah. on this, like, you know, and even the ones that aren't as hefty, that they're still ones that you bop to and that, like, mm. you know, so, um, yeah. yeah. That should be a warning before you go into a Grey Stag yes. show. Yeah. This next? episode will be out <laughs> the day of the launch, which is 17th of March. And again, just go over the day. It's Belfast 23rd, Dublin 24th and Limerick 25th with support by those troublemakers, Tombs, uh, for the three dates. <laughs> and you've got awesome. Axe Catcher in Belfast and Black Shook in Limerick. 
And once again, lads, thanks a million for uh, sharing the album with us and coming on the show to talk about it. Much appreciated. Yeah, thanks, have a great yeah. So that's it. We listened to Steve Madden, Dara of Grey Stag. Uh, Call of the Mountain is the name of the album. And uh, 17th of March, and sports will open, let us see.